0: This is a download from BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station. I don't think we had any great leadership last night. Listening to the Prime Minister, I was totally underwhelmed by the um, yeah by the lack of leadership and clear message uh, in terms of what what was said uh, in that press conference. Um, I think it's important that. That I mean, we are trying to be proactive ourselves, and I think what is very important is that, you know, uh, hopefully the Premier League um, will make strong decisions based on what is right for uh, everybody within within the game. We told all the players to stay at home. Indeed, all the technical staff as well, all the training ground staff. So, you know, it's it. We've done that as a uh, as a precautionary measure because. We've currently got one player who's been um, uh, awaiting test results um, on his symptoms. I mean, we currently don't have uh, anybody with uh, a positive uh, return of a result, Um, but I think it's, in the current climate, it's it's pretty inevitable that we've all, or we all will have contact with somebody who um, either has the virus or has possibly even recovered from it.
1: Off the ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9.
0: I don't
2: think he's uh, Boris Johnson's biggest fan, do you? That was uh, Watford boss Nigel Pearson on the lack of leadership from the UK government. This is a very special off the ball on this Monday evening. I'm Ross and on the phone uh, we've got two of our normal guests. Hi Craig Marias. Hello, hello. And hello to Kishnan.
1: Testing times, Ross. Testing times.
2: Uh, Now, for public safety, we're keeping them away from me. (laughs) (laughs) You make it sound like we have it. (laughs)
3: God
2: see Ross anyway Uh, all right Uh, listen guys you can tweet us at BFM radio you can also follow us on social media it's BFM football on on Facebook and on Instagram as well so first up Craig um, the UK announced that uh, elite football has been suspended until the 3rd of April the result of the spread of coronavirus my question my first question to you Craig is do you think it's come too late? Because this is what a couple of weeks after Italy suspended their league, right?
3: Yeah, uh, I, I I don't think it's come uh, too late. I think it's come at a time when it was needed. Uh, uh, you know, you can't really compare it to Italy's situation. I think that spread very fast, very quickly around the country, uh, and it had to be contained. I think uh, you know, I think the English Premier League probably uh, did it at the right time. Uh, if you look at it that were still playing their competitions um, so it, it wasn't just England, there were a few leagues around uh, around europe that were still playing um and then the or the Premier League didn't make that decision to to stop it until april 3rd um, it, it was just at the right time because um, if you look at it now um especially over the last few days you know the, the numbers have really spiked up um you know as, as, as we're speaking right now you know, it's, 372 cases um, in the UK and with 35 deaths um, so it, it's not you know the numbers that Italy uh, really have right now uh, but you know it's it had to be done you know it, it really had to be stopped um, especially when, when you look at closer facts which was um, first of all it was the Olympic Nacos owner uh, who came into contact with the Arsenal players Mikaela therefore um, suffered as a result uh, he's been diagnosed with it Callum Hudson, annoyed, uh being another, I think, uh, Mangala, although he's out of load, you know, he's still contracted to City, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he, he's been tested positive for it. So th- there have been a few cases in the Premier League, and, then, you know, a few, I think it was a few of the Watford players as well that, that uh, showed signs uh, or, or symptoms of it. So um, it's coming at the right time. You know, they, they make the right decision, definitely. Um, and this whole April 13th, thing, well, we'll see.
2: Yeah, a weird one, this. Um, senior administrators in football already accept the postponement. Um, but let, let's face it, Kish, it you, you're talking about finding a cure by the 3rd of April, which is pretty unlikely to happen, right?
1: Yeah, I don't see that April 3rd uh, situation being fulfilled. Um, the, 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 it's getting worse by the day. Uh, not just in terms of the numbers, but you look at the, the, the amount of countries that are starting to get infected, the, the rising cases in all the other countries in Europe. I mean, over the weekend, just this weekend alone, you had probably three, four countries across Europe starting to implement lockdowns. Like You, you see it happening in, in places like Spain, the Netherlands is coming into the picture as well. Um, and, 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 I, and I suspect it won't be long before countries like UK start contemplating uh, actions like that. And we're what we are approaching the second half. I mean, we are second half of March, and we're approaching the end of the month. April third isn't far away, um, and I don't see unless something drastic happens. I really don't see the situation resolving uh, by April third, which is precisely why panic is setting in uh, amongst the football administrators because it's it's not just uh, the, the logical part about football season being halted or. Or whether or not, whether it's safe enough to be uh, continued, when do they continue It's not just all these questions. There's a lot of financial implications as well, not uh, just towards you know sponsors and, and clubs and salaries. It's it's you know freelancers work within the industry. There's a, it's a it's a whole ecosystem, and it's an ecosystem that's going to take a hit inevitably. Um, and, and I really don't think April 30th things will get better.
2: Yeah, uh, I understand officials from all 20 clubs will hold an, in, an emergency meeting on Thursday to establish plans for the remainder of the season. Uh, Sky Sports is quoting, Craig, that there's a 75% chance that this season will not be com- completed.
3: Um, I, I'm, surprised, I'm surprised it's as low as that. Um, I just I can't see a way how this season will, will be completed. Um, Within the, you know, by May. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, uh, as Keishman Keish mentioned, you know, the, 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 the numbers are, are, are getting bigger all around the world on a daily basis. There's still no cure. Um, and, and there's absolutely no chance it's going to resume, uh, in my opinion, on, on April 4th. Um, there's no chance that they're going to get it done before the Euros. Um, and it's going to change uh, the landscape of a lot of things, to be Will the season, uh, and there are a few questions that come from this, you know, will the season be prolonged? Um, Let's not forget, we've got the World Cup coming up uh, in a couple of years' time as well, and that's going to be in December, uh, in December World Cup. So, you know, is now the right time to kind of change, you know, the seasons? You know, when when the season ends, when the season begins? You know, and if that's so, you know, maybe if you give it till the end of the year, it'll be possible to complete all the games.
2: Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah.
3: there are a lot of ins and buts um, at the moment, um, but, yeah, for me, there's absolutely no chance. Uh, I, I, I can't see how, you know, uh, that this season will be completed. Uh, and as I said, you know, I think 75% chance it is too low. I, I, I'm more in the 90s, to be honest with you. I'm, <laughs> I'm That certain it will not continue.
2: Okay, well, the virus... Uh, is not actually expected to peak in the UK until the months uh, of May or June. So, Keesh, um if they void this season, I mean, that's a bit harsh on, on Liverpool, right? Uh, I mean, it is, it is
1: not just harsh on Liverpool, but it will be really harsh on uh, teams that uh, especially in the championships that are that are fighting out again Okay
2: Washington. wait wait let, 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 a let me jump in here let me jump in here now i there is an FA ruling that says yeah. when a league has played 35 games uh, the result stands the league stands so as far as a championship is concerned it's all standing which actually throws up a whole new problem now for the premier league that hasn't come into effect. So they can pretty much rule anything there. So at the moment you're looking at a situation where if you voided the season, you might have to have twenty two teams from next season.
1: Yeah, that could happen. Um it's been it's it's an idea that has been mooted in the Bundesliga as well. Uh where our stakeholders in Germany are considering that, uh where you, you sort of expand the, the league um by, by a number of teams for the next season and then you probably have a bigger relegation, a more number of teams going down for the following season. So that's an idea that that, that can certainly happen in, in, in the Premier League. Um, and in a way that will, you know, the, because the primary concern right now, especially in the context of the Premier League, um, I think a lot of people would agree that it's, although mathematically they aren't confirmed, but I think most people would agree that Liverpool do have enough of a gap to be able assert their position as likely Premier League champions. And, and even if you were to avoid the season, I don't think it would be unreasonable to... to If you come up with a mechanism that protects every other club, I don't see every other club voting against or going against Liverpool being crowned champions because that gap is far too big. But the, if they can figure out a mechanism that protects clubs right at the bottom from getting relegated, from having financial implications of being relegated, and if they can find that same mechanism, that it helps clubs in, in the championship that have fought really hard uh, to, to, to get themselves promoted, and then perhaps it's a good idea. The tricky one uh, will be Champions League. Yeah,
2: so, well, uh,
1: But, you know, you, you could have a playoff with that. Or the, there's, there's a whole, you know, different types of mechanisms and plans uh, that are just being floated around. But the difficulty with this is it's so difficult and impossible to get into any of these discussions when you don't really know at what point does this subside. Yeah. And that's the biggest problem that everyone is facing across uh, Europe at the
2: moment. Okay, right. Craig, let, let me let you jump in here. The The most obvious solution is to void the season. Karen Brady, mm-hmm. West, West Ham Chair, has come out mm-hmm. a, a, and said, L- let's just void the season. You start a new season with, with what we started this season with. So City is champions. Mm-hmm. It's harsh. It's harsh. You do that all across the leagues. It's also harsh on Leeds United and West Brom, who are pretty much yep. running away with it. I mean, yep. isn't that the um, most sensible option?
3: Yep. And, and I'm with Karen Brady on this. Uh, I think that's the most reasonable one. Yes. I think whichever decision you're going to make, you know, if someone's going to get hurt. It's going to be deep. not agree with it. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, you know, the, you can't satisfy everyone. Um, in this case you like some Leeds, West Brom's Liverpool. obviously you're gonna feel it. I mean, Liverpool, I, I mean I understand where he's coming from, you know, the gap is, is so huge.
2: It's 25 points.
3: They, <laughs> yeah, but the fact of the matter is that they still haven't secured the league. You know, I mean it, it's ultimately you know the same thing of us saying, Okay, well, you might as well relegate Norwich because they're not gonna stay up. Um and you can't really say that. The fact of the matter is that Liverpool right now are currently on a horrible run of results. I still think he would have. But, you know, at, at this stage, I think Karen Brady's, um, you know, assessment or, or her, her, her views of it um, is something that I have to agree with because I think we're dull at point in the League. Um, you know, I mean, even Man United, as a Man United fan, you know, we we'd probably, we we'd said we'd go again. But you look at the likes of Leicester, you know, they'll be like, well, you know, we're in the Champions League spot right now. You know, we don't want to give that up. Um, I think you see teams like. I think there was talk if they were to bring those two teams in, that they're going to get rid of the EFL club. Um, And, and, okay, maybe that might work, but no, two teams really want more games. Um, Yeah, yeah. A lot of of ifs and buts, but um, I, I.
2: Okay, Um, hold that thought. Uh, We're going for a very, very short break. When we come back, Keish, we're going to get Keish's point of view. Um, Is it fair that we void the league? Um, Wow, Liverpool 25 points clear at the moment. Stay tuned, we'll be right back.
3: Where's the try?
0: And he's always prepared to give it a go.
2: Off the ball on BFM 89.9. Captain... Leader, legend. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. It's a uh, COVID special, if you like, off the ball with me, Ross. I've got uh, Craig Marias and Kishnan Sundaresan on the phone. We are, of course, talking about the Premier League. Well, elite football in the UK has been suspended until tentatively April the 3rd. Um, we were discussing just before the break about... Uh, If we voided the league totally, uh, Kish, that would just be so, so, so unfair on Liverpool, who are 25 points clear.
1: Yeah, it'll be really, really harsh on them. I mean, in in, in the discussion that we heard earlier, obviously we were talking about it in the context of the existence of that rule after the 35-game mark and all that kind of stuff. But but if you ask me on a a personal level as well, I, I think, the fairest response or the easiest way to go about it, the most reasonable method to approach this is to uh, avoid the season. Uh, uh, obviously, there will be a lot of financial implications because you know sponsorships are, are tied to a season-by-season basis. Clubs have invested so much of money into this period of seven, eight months. Uh, there will be a lot of financial implications in that sense. But um, it's it's more of what's the alternative. That's the one that, that, that begs... A bigger and more difficult question because it's not just the euros even if there's talks about the euros being postponed when do you postpone it because next year is the year where there's talks of introducing that that 24 team expanded club world cup there's the nation's league that will play a huge part in world cup qualifiers as well the world cup takes place in 2022 so there's a whole legion of other stuff happening and there's a whole list of calendar that would just have to be moved just to accommodate you know, the, the, the shift and the change in the league structure, what I suspect will happen is, given that this is a pandemic that's affecting the whole world, and we're talking about not just in the context of England, but also in the context of Europe, what I suspect will happen is at some point, I mean, individually as, as countries and as FAs, they might figure out what's the best solution for their, their own country. But at the end, there has to be a, 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 a gathering, Within uh, UEFA as well to discuss what is the best way for Europe to move as a whole. Because if if you look at the likes of if Germany, if, if Spain, if Italy, if every single one of them opt to void the season and start afresh, then I think at some point every other league will be compelled to sort of follow in the same direction as well because they have to, they've got to create a, a timeline that's somewhat similar. Uh, not just for the Champions League, for the Europa League, but, but it's, it's it's something that's got to align for the Nations League, for the European qualifications, uh, for the, sorry, for the European Championships, for the World Cup qualifiers that's happening in 2022 as well. Um, and, and, and there'll be a lot of discussions
2: happening within the FA, but at some point, it's a discussion that's going to happen within UEFA as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I understand UEFA are, are meeting this week to more than likely postpone uh, Euro 2020 to 2021. Let's just track back a little to to what Kish was saying here, Craig. Uh, Financial implications. I mean, talk about, let's just ignore broadcasters now. Um, Your favourite club, Manchester United, they've got this deal with Adidas, which says if they miss out on European Champions League football two seasons running, I think their sponsorship is cut something by 50% or something like that.
3: Yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, companies that are involved in sponsorship with football clubs and every sporting organisation for that matter um, really have to take a, a step back. I mean, this is something that no one saw coming. Um, you know, it's something that is out of every team's uh, organization's control. Um, and, and I think, you know, everyone throughout the world, whatever industry you're in, um, you know, majority of them are going to suffer as a result. Um, you know, we see, you know, airlines going fast and, and a lot of other things. companies will suffer from this and there, there will be financial implications anyway. Um, when you go back to the football side of things and, and, and the sporting side of things, I mean, I think it's it, it's one of those companies will really have to um, look at themselves as well, you know, and say, well are we going to be that strict? Are we going to follow it by the book? I mean, essentially if it's going to be a null at point uh, see, then, you know, can you, can you factor in? I mean, United will argue, well, we're still in contention to compete. Where Was it three points off of Chelsea in, in fourth place? So there's nothing nothing to say that we wouldn't have got that Champions League spot. Um, so, so, I mean, like I said, you know, earlier, you know, there will be um, you know, there are a lot of... If, and butts about this, you know, uh, you know, and and this is where big, big corporations, big organisations that have, you know, taken that lead into the sports industry and have sponsored teams, all have to look at themselves and and, and say, okay, look, you know, this is a this is a period where we kind of need to be together on this, you know, and, and help each other out, um, and and everyone's suffering, you know, you know clubs are going to be suffering uh, financially already, you know, do we to burden on them? Um, and this not only goes for United, but you know, a lot of, uh, of, of organizations out there in, in sponsorship. So, I, I think this is a big needs to kind of work together rather than to, you know, knock someone down and say, Well, you know, we're going to cut your sponsorship because you, you, you didn't fulfill what was in your contract uh, obligations. And I think that would just be too far.
2: Okay. Um Right, what is clear for for seasons to to carry on like they are right now, um, starting in August and and finishing in in the summer, football needs to resume. This season needs to resume by May for the leagues to finish. Now, La Liga, I want want to talk about this. La Liga have come up with with something very interesting. La Liga have said that they are hoping to find a formula so that they can devise a point system to basically end their season. I mean, theoretically that sounds great, but how I mean, how do you think that could work, Kish? I, I think the only way for you to go about
1: that is to, to, you, you're going to look at a playoff system or one way or another. It's difficult for me to imagine them using the existing point structures and coming up with a decision because I think they're being grossly unfair. On, um, uh, no, when teams when when teams compete in a league, they sign up to uh, in the case of a 38 game season, and it, things are not complete because you divide your resources, you divide your strategies, you divide your time across those 38 games. Look at it; you have got to be prepared for a 25 game season, and you might need to win X amount of games by by the 25 game mark. No, so you plan it for a whole season, and it's grossly unfair to put. When a 38-game season isn't fulfilled, um, it, it doesn't matter whether you, you carry on the season or or you void it. But I find it very difficult for you to end it with the current step. I don't think it's reasonable and fair and uh, for anyone. Just going back to uh, what Craig was saying um, in financial implications, I, mean, I agree, and 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 I think that's how things should be. But we've seen how the get people. Pretty ugly in football. I mean, just look at a million dollar situation with Cardiff and Notts. I mean, it's it's a tragedy. But not too long later, they were already you know over over financial figures. And and as much as I feel that now is the time for this big organisation, for the big uh, sponsorship companies to just come together with the industry and just move together hand in hand and help each other out. It's in an ideal world. These organizations, these are all profit making businesses and they operate and, and they look at it from a quarter to quarter, from a year to year, from a, you know six months to six months basis, and to them avoiding a season means that's literally three quarters of a year just being put up in the death. And there'll be a lot of question marks with that. And as much as as a company who uh, want to walk in hand, hand in hand with the industry, they are also industries that will take a hit because of this COVID-19. And a lot of these sponsorship situations will be called into question as well. So, you know, it, it, the, the ideal scenario is yes, they walk hand in hand with the industry, but it's so difficult to see that happening, especially the the, the COVID-19 situation evolves, uh, the, the more financial implications these companies will face. And a lot of these sponsorship deals, a lot of these financial partnerships, um, you, you will either have contracts being Draw, or you'll see massive renegotiations having to take place because it's it's difficult to just see it happening. It's just, just see this company saying that hey, we get it, things were hard. Let's move on together. Well, i do not know anything, but um, <laughs> if if there wasn't be null avoided,
3: would that count as as, as the season uh, completed? It, it obviously wouldn't, right? It wouldn't. And,
1: yeah. Yeah.
3: So so then, I mean, technically, I mean, I'm sure United would fight it, and and. In many other teams have the same kind of contract situation, but you know, there, there'll be a lot of uh, back and forth in the courts. Um, if uh, someone like Adidas were to slash United's uh, sponsorship deal uh by that amount, you know, I'm sure it's something that uh, an organization like United would, would go to court and say, Well, hey, you know, the season didn't finish, we were still in with a shout, mathematically, yeah. it was possible for us to get there. I mean, would,
2: yeah, would, yeah, we would,
3: yeah. John Chelsea, um, and 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 you know they're right in a way because the season didn't finish all right so uh you know there'll be lawyers will be making a lot of money out of this. So I'll tell
2: you that. yeah i mean we, we haven't even touched on on the the subject of contracts if you take it on to the following season what happens to the managers whose contracts run out at the end of this season <laughs> 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 that, that that's a really weird one because that's what i understand uh with gareth southgate it says happening so it so Right, listen, we're going for another short break. I'm going to come back with possibly the most sensible solution and I'm going to put it to Keish and Craig right after this.
3: Because whilst he's there, it's very difficult for other
1: clubs to get near them. He's that good.
3: Off
2: the ball on BFM 89.9.
0: England's highest quality title race of all time, but coming out on top again in the Premier League. Chester City.
2: Off the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. It's a very special off the ball, what with uh, the current world situation. I've got Kishnan and I've got Craig Marias on, on the phone at the moment. We are, of course, talking about the suspension Of elite football in the UK. Um, If you've just joined us, you're going to have to download the show because we can't recap what we've said so far. But but what I I am going to put to these two gentlemen is, right. Here's how we how we solve the problem. We've got 20 managers in the Premier League. Yeah, we register them for Football Manager. You don't tell me every manager. I I mean, every manager has to know what it's about. They all they all play Football Manager live, and the stream is available for all of us to watch. Kish,
1: <laughs> love it, love it.
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, that would really be
1: something, wouldn't it? Um, it's like Hunger Games style, like... Putting managers on
2: the line. <laughs> you, you, you can almost see Ole rubbing his hands with envy. Uh, I,
1: mean, I I'd suggest you, you get a player from each club. You put them in a WWE ring and you sort it out in you know, a Royal Rumble style.
2: Yeah, but that's people. People are going to say that that's so. You know that's not right because sweat transfers the disease. No, the other <laughs> the, the, the other alternative is one representative, one representative each, Craig, and and they go head to head FIFA.
3: Right, I, I, I'm all in favour for the football manager style. I mean, I'm a massive fan of the game as it is. Uh, I'll definitely put it in an application to get myself involved with that and test my test my skills in the game. For them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it, uh, I mean there there's a lot of like a lot of things hanging in this, aren't there? I mean, you don't realise the uh, how big of a deal it is and, and the, the fallout from something like this. Uh, but as you go on and you start start discussing it. Um, I, mean, I, I didn't even think about managers' contracts until you brought it up, Ross, to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, players' contracts, you know, if the season, you know, what about players whose contracts end on July 1st? Technically, the season's not over. Yeah. You know, do, do they, do you lose players straight away like that? You know, the players that are going on at Boston, do you lose them straight away? Um, and, and then, you know, what happens after July 1st if, if they say, okay, the league resumes? Resumed, then you know from the previous season it resumed yeah. in September. Yeah. What happens from them? Do, do teams not have this? Are our players allowed to sign for rival teams? I mean, I, I didn't think about it until until you brought it up just now. You know, I mean, you had someone like you know Agüero on a free transfer, his contracts running out or something like that. Um and, You know, and he joins joins a rival team and It makes a massive difference. He just say, for example, he goes to Real Madrid. Uh, and they play each other in the, in the Champions League, and then you know that that happens in September. Well, what happens then? You know, like, and then he scores three goals and takes Real Madrid to into the next stage.
2: Yeah, weird. I, I believe now. I, I believe there was there was an incident in in Uruguay where they they ran consecutive leagues together. So the following season, they started a the new league. Plus, they they fi- tried to finish off the, the following season's league. Yeah. and, and it, it was really Bro. weird. That, 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 that the follow the previous season only ended a couple of weeks before the new season ended. <laughs> but, but
1: Ross, this was in the 1920s, Ross, when you did have <laughs> broadcasting rights. Players were semi-professionals, probably even amateurs at that point. Well, <laughs> the, 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 the I don't think they, they, had that, <laughs> they, had, they, had, they even had big TV uh, deals there or anything like that. Yeah. No, I mean, no. I, I, you know, whatever Craig was saying just now, like the, the implications are massive. Just consider if, if you were Aston Villa like they were in the championship last year. Yeah. A vast majority of this of the squad uh, contracts were ending in June and a lot of them were loan signings. Yeah. Come June, you lose virtually half your squad. How do you carry on the season after that? Would it be fair to then force the
2: Yeah, right? yeah. So,
1: like, I, I agree. that The implications are massive. Then you—we you, haven't even touched what
2: fans. What happens to season tickets? Yeah. Do you refund them? Do refund them for twenty-nine games that they paid yeah. money for? <laughs>
1: to pay salaries without having match day revenues without selling match day programs without selling food on the match day so like there's a lot of revenue channels that are being implicated because of this suspension and contracts of not just players but staff members will start to come into questions and this could just put so much of financial pressure on, on a lot of these clubs in the next couple of
2: months yeah yeah okay okay yeah, so, so just to so, so just touch that i mean you,
3: you don't even look, have to look as far as you know season to get holders or anything. I mean, people in Malaysia, the sports fans, are crying out for a refund of their sports package that they paid to Astro yeah, every month. You know, so I mean, it, it, it's all around the world, and I'm sure there, there'll be disgruntled sports fans. But I think there has to be some level of understanding as well uh, in yeah. terms to the situation at hand. Yeah. Um, you know, um, it, 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 it's so hard. I mean, like broadcasters are going to suffer as well. No, and, and when I spoke about you know everyone working together, that as well. There has to be there has to be some sense of understanding uh, between everyone. Okay, and, um, and I really hope that for
2: Okay, well good good luck with you trying to get your astro refund. Um, uh, <laughs> okay okay, I mean we, we, we can't we can't even start to touch on, on contracts and all that, but as far as the football's concerned, Craig, you mentioned something earlier on in the show. It was that maybe it's the ideal opportunity to change the season. Now, as it is if we can all the all the European leagues I'm talking about now, if we can all complete their, their seasons by say November, end of November, yeah. you then have December as your month off. January, yeah. you start your new seasons. Okay? Yeah. All across Europe. You start your new seasons in January. You break in February because the African Nations Cup is on it's your ideal opportunity to host Euro 2020. So February break, you've got Fcon and you've got Euro 2020. You come back March, April and you resume the season. It should end by what? October, November, which is perfect yeah, think, for yeah. the World Cup.
1: Yeah, uh, well, the World Cup would be the following
2: year, wouldn't it? Yeah. The, yeah. the, the only uh, problem is I, I don't know how you'll ever get back to an August start again for the rest of Europe. Yeah.
3: No, but I mean, uh, you're right, Ross, and it's something that I've, I've thought about as well. I mean, that would mean that the season currently wouldn't be the nullable um and, and that, you know, later on, yeah, those, those remaining games uh, get to be finished. But uh, uh, there are some sort instances because it, it, it kind of makes it easier for the Premier League now or, or leagues across Europe to be, OK, this is a great chance for us, but then, you know, World Cups be. Know every December from then on, or do they switch it back to the August? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you're gonna look long term as well. We're looking very short term in regards the next two years because it kind of fits. Well, know, well. And in 2022. But yeah. you know what happens after that? Yeah. Then does everything go back to the August start, or do we remain it as it is? Then that would mean certain World Cups being played. You know, going back to Europe. <laughs> certain, you're gonna have World Cups. You know, played freezing cold. And, Frozen pitches. I mean, obviously, you won't have that have have big under so heating. And then, you know, on the other side of that, it'll, it'll be fantastic for someone like Australia and New Zealand to host something there because they'll be there summertime. then You know, it, it creates all sorts of possibilities, you know. Um, for the next two years, if they can come to some sort uh, of a thing across Europe where, you know, I think Russia start theirs in January, if I'm not mistaken anyway. Um, but if they can come to some sort of of understanding an agreement where they all follow for the next two years leading up to the World Cup um, and, and then somehow maybe finish off that season um, and, and then go back to an August. So I'm all for it because it does make sense. You know, I think it'll be a lot easier than having the World Cup in between the
2: season. Yep, yep. uh, uh, Keish, uh, y- your thoughts on that? I mean, uh, uh, if, you're, if you're not going to avoid the season, if you have to play out, this is probably the most sensible option.
1: Yeah, I, the thing is, this is not just a battle with uh, football bureaucracy; it's a battle with football culture across Europe. If, if we are talking about it from the point of view of, of Premier League, which is you know, it's it's more of a commercialised product that, that's the, the number one uh, sporting league in the world. So, whatever decision you make, it's it's you're making a decision from the point of view of appealing to you know global fans across the world, and uh, the the whole idea of switching it switching the season up uh, just to you know sort of balance the current season and then give way to the qatar world cup in 2022 it's an it's an idea that logically makes sense um uh, you know you you just move the games around but you're going to get a lot of protest you look at where the fans take their tradition very seriously even night games are so protested against, because it's not part of the German culture to watch football at night. To them, it's it's Sorry, it's not part of the German culture to watch football in the afternoon. So, like, it, it, the, the protest is, is messy. Monday night games get so much of protest from German fans' banners and, and, and boycotts. And if you're going to move a whole season, play across the summer, and then, you know, play, uh, play some games through the winter, when they traditionally have the, the the winter break as well, a lot of these changes is going to cause... Massive applause So the consultation and the decision process isn't just about talking to the football administrators, but a lot of it will revolve consulting the fans themselves, especially outside of England, now where decisions are often they're not made uh, by you know equally consulting fans in terms of what they want. You, you look at places like Italy, where fans and the ultras groups have massive influence over all these clubs and decisions that are made. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of these decisions will have to to consult them and, and the, 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 their ones and their needs will have to be taken into consideration. But if, if you're just talking about it from pure logic, um, it's something that even Wayne Rooney suggested. Uh, he's now apparently a columnist for the Times and he, he wrote a piece uh, yesterday where, in which he suggests that maybe this is the time for the Premier League to, yeah. or, or even Europe to have a look at just switching the season up in time for the Qatar World Cup in 2022. But it's not going to be easy. A straightforward purely bureaucratic decision and it's going to be so political not just within the administrators but even amongst the fans
2: yeah well um it's going to have to be give and take on, on both sides brilliant um yeah. that that's about all we can give you on on that for now i understand the premier league clubs are meeting this week uefa are meeting up this week we, we'll keep you up posted on all that we're going for another very short break Craig and Keish will still be with me. We're gonna talk about MSL because there was there was some action over the weekend. Give you some football gossip and we'll we'll close up the whole Premier League suspension business. Next.
3: Build a mentality in that dressing room that's powerful,
0: strong, made them feel like they're unbeatable. What a coach.
2: Off the ball on BFM
0: 89.9 The serial winner has another
2: trophy for the cabinet off the ball on bfm 89.9 hey thanks for sticking with us it is off the ball with me ross and uh, we've got Keishnan and craig on the phone we we've pretty much talked out the whole football is suspended scenario we we have to wait for for decision makers um to, to come up with uh, their decisions and then we can comment some more but we've Come up with a few good ideas. If you've just joined us, make sure you download the show. In fact, you can download all previous shows at bfm.my. Now, chaps, there was a round of MSL action over the weekend. Uh, round four, I understand, of the brand new season. Uh, JDT were held to a 1-1 draw by Felder. Salangor lost. Uh, how's it all looking, Kish?
1: Well, um, it's, it's just... Uh Really sad that, judging by how the season has gone, team, big things are starting to take a hit. What's really sad is that um, yesterday was the final action before the league goes on an indefinite uh, hiatus because of the ongoing COVID-19 situation in Malaysia as well. And and in the context of Malaysia specifically, we don't even have a date. Like we don't have an April three or whatever. It's just indefinite at the moment. When things get better, then. The, the league will resume. even then you don't know what what structure will be used how how many games will be played out but the, the, the way things are looking at the league at the moment is really really exciting because over the years you usually see JDT just completely dominating but this year this year specifically um, even in that one nil win over kadha on, on the first uh, game of this and the charity shield they weren't convincing uh, what followed after that was a series of performance that weren't entirely convincing either. They, they had to leave it really late to beat UITM. They had to leave it really, really late to beat um, uh, PDRM away from home. And and in, in front of an empty stadium, they were held by Felder United. And the crazy thing is, we're talking about the last three games have all been relatively modest opposition. Um, if the league continues this week, assuming that was happening, uh, the, what comes next is... You know a list of bigger oppositions, and that could see JDT facing bigger problems as well. So it would have been really nice to see the league going on, but but obviously it takes a break, um, and it gives teams like an opportunity to sort of reevaluate what they've got to do. Because I mean, there were a lot of lot of expectations on Slango coming into the season. You know, they, they they bought big in the, in the transfer window. Um, they've talked a lot about, about uh, challenging for honors on social media as well. The club has been trying to get that message across to fans, but you can see the frustration amongst the fans. Yesterday, social media, Salango, Twitter went on a meltdown after that defeat. Uh, the sort of uh, individuals calling for, you know, Bisa to be, to be uh, punished and, and players that are just not up to mark. So, is it, the crazy thing is MSL has really heated up over the last four games. Yeah. It's come to a really excited point, and now we're all just being left on the sidelines as the league takes a break.
2: Yeah, and if there's one league, Craig, that really cannot afford to take a break and be hit, is it's Malaysian football, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somewhat. <laughs>
3: um, I, I, I don't know what you, know, what you said. No, I mean, we, heading into the season, we thought it was going to be um, a really good, exciting season. We saw a lot of, of, of team-strengthened, um, Slavo especially, we thought they were going to run Johor very close. Um, You know, fantastic result in, in, in the Champions League you know, beating, beating uh, squad um, but they haven't been very impressive uh, in terms of the style of football yes in, in they've, they've got big signings you know the likes of Lyridon going there Matt Davies uh, you know getting, keeping um, the foreigners they call the foreigners there um, but then you look the, in terms of the style of play um, and you know the edge edge a couple of games uh, they took a penalty I think. DRM, wasn't it? He, yeah, it uh, was uh, last, you know, last DRM, yeah. That was, that was, you know, it took a, a, a penalty uh, for them to really uh, get the three points there. So they've they've they, they laboured uh, during victories. You know, you, you look at Slavo, and uh, they, I think you know when with calls for for, for head, um, it, it's more to do with with things outside of football as well. Um, Certain nice. uh, comments that were made uh, in, in front of the press, I think, it riled up. Last night, you know, it's it's kind of taking its toll. But it's it's early days, you know. They're, they're, you know, they're in seventh place. Eric has been a surprise for me. right up there, um, um, and, and I expect Baham to come good. So, you know, when, once they get going, you know, two two victories in the, in the last two games, uh, they'll, they'll they'll come good. But what a, what a season, and you're right, Keith. You know, you know, he leaves us like on a on a sort of cliffhanger. You know, just when you know it's starting to get good. We're just, everyone's just getting into it. You know, we had the World Cup qualifiers coming up That I think a lot of Malaysian fans were, were looking forward to it as well. Yeah. It's <laughs> all you know, just gone. You know, everything's gone dead. And, you know, now, now we're going to find ourselves on weekends, like, you know, contemplating what we actually do uh,
1: without sports. I mean, yeah. I, I was watching Brazilian second division women's football last night at 4am. <laughs> it's <laughs> got that bad. It's gone that I was, bad. I was, I was watching the, the Malaysian football
3: league. <laughs> which, uh, came up the weekend, uh, which was Street and Astro Arena. So, so there we go.
0: No, we're still, we're still trying to occupy our life
3: with there's no words more.
2: Desperate times calls for desperate measures.
3: Uh, I, I can imagine someone like uh, uh, you know football manager benefiting greatly from this.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, i mean sony online must must be going crazy at the yeah. moment all right i tell you what let's wrap up with some transfer gossip always good for a laugh some news came out this week and this one's probably true manchester united have been quoted something like uh, 15 million pounds to make Odion igalo's transfer permanent <laughs> News coming out from from Old Trafford is that is probably likely to happen. That is literally a football fan achieving his dream.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a deal that makes complete sense, honestly. Uh, I, I know he's thirty, and a deal like this is, is not what... I mean, you look at Solskjaer's transfer policy under Man United, uh, or ever since Solskjaer came in, United's transfer moves has always been to, to go for players who are still somewhat young and have years of potential ahead of them. Um, and, and signing a player at the DL is it, at thirty years of age is not essentially ideal, but you're getting on this is you're getting a player who will play his socks off for this club, which you've already seen anyway. And most importantly, you'll get a player who given um, his situation, who given his fascination and endearment of the club, he won't be it won't be a problem for him to be on the bench either. He's mm. not gonna throw a fit. You're not signing a player who's going to sit down and cause disharmony within the dressing room just because he isn't getting regular game time? So you got a guy who's will, who's a great backup, he's a terrific backup, and he's willing to be a great backup. And that's very difficult to find in the current market. And and I think at 15 million,
3: given what we've seen from him so far already, I think he's a no-brainer.
2: Okay. I, I,
3: I've, I've, I mean, I've been impressed with with, with Igalo. Uh, I think he's coming with the right attitude. Um, you know, sure yes, the opposition weren't great uh, on Thursday night, but... You know, you saw, you know, the quality that he has in golf. Is, you know, I've, I've watched the it, you know, Yeah. So you know, but it, it's his overall play as well. I mean, even uh, against City when he came on, the way he held up the ball, the way he, you know, kind of brought other players to play as well. You know, we saw a different side. Um, but it's, you know, it, it's good value in the current market. 15 million uh, back up You know, he's, he's, like you said, you know, happy to sit on the bench and play second second fiddle. Um, but I just feel if United are aspiring to to, to you know challenge uh, for the league in the next couple of years, or you know for the next step, which would be um, you know push for that European place, uh, I, I'm not sure it's the right sign. I don't think you need to go out either. You know, Martial's not a, a proper proper striker out now. You know, he still has his his days. You know, but at the at the moment, you know, beside the Galo, you know, even if Martial's going through a run where he's not really you know, producing the goods, I don't think, regardless, you the got to step in it and, and put it through. So I think, you know, th- there is still reason for United to go out in the transfer market, still splash out big uh, on, a, on a striker. Someone that you guarantee you go. You know, they, they talk about Kane over the last few weeks as well. And that's someone that, you know, I think any team in the world would, would, would have. And, and, you know, he fits the policy, what Solskjaer is, the transfer policy that, Solskjaer has implemented at United. He's English, you know, he's young and he's only 24, uh, 25, I think. Um, you know, he's still got a lot of years ahead of him and, and he wants to win trophies. I don't think that's going to happen in Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, you know Levy's, Levy's going to do everything he can. He'll take probably a world record fit to get him away. Yeah. But, you know, you've got the next you know, eight to nine years sorted there in terms of gold. Okay. So you can put it on a plate for this guy and he'll finish.
2: Yeah, good one. Kane, Kane there's, a, there's been rumblings of Harry of Kane recently. All right, let, let's quickly wrap up um, and, and, and say that Man City are using this Premier League postponement time to negotiate new contracts with Kevin De Bruyne and Raheem Sterling. That's it. Uh, I think we're going to leave it there for now. We will keep you up to speed with news, what's going on. For now, I've got to say very big thank you to Kishnan.
1: Cheers, guys. Stay safe.
2: And uh, thanks to Craig Marias as well.
3: Likewise, guys. Stay safe. Stay indoors. Be good.
2: Yeah, indeed. Wash your hands at every opportunity and and use those indicators when you're on the road. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Stay safe, everyone. Bye.
1: Off the ball every Monday on BFM
0: 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast.